thank you, Lord, this morning for the privilege of being in the house of the Lord and not nowhere else on earth. We are a chosen generation, a royal people, called out according to your will and your purpose. We are set aside as kings and priests unto our God. And our God reigns forever and ever. A king shall reign in righteousness and the government of the world shall be upon his shoulder. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace and the Everlasting Father. We give you honor and praise and worship in Jesus' name. Right now, as we open up the Word of God, give the Lord a praise offering as you take your seat. Do that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you to the band. That one song, To God Be the Glory, and Molly and them just put together. And Marie, that song I actually had in a vision. I've had two distinct moments, I call them. I don't often talk about these things, but those are moments that are defining moments in the life, I suppose, of those who are servants of the Lord that the Lord has placed His hand on you and you realize you're living with a purpose. And for that purpose, we surround ourselves with the Word of God as always as we go to the book of Matthew, Mark, chapter number 11, verse number 15. Two moments when you hear the angels sing and you'll find yourself in glory. And then another moment which I cannot even begin to describe, that followed not so long ago. It's a life changer. And then you know, you know that the hour is serious. A lot of people going through a lot of trouble. People experience all sorts of, sorts of difficulties. And you say to yourself, what in the world is going on with the world? For they go on as always. Let's see how it was always until the coming of the Son of God and the revelation from heaven. In uh, the book of Mark, chapter number 11, verse number 15, I'm reading from the New Amplified Bible, the revised one. Then they came to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and he, the Lord Jesus Christ, entered the temple grounds and began driving out with force, driving out with force, the people who were selling and buying, merchandising, merchandising, greedy grasping, forever merchandising, gathering goods and more goods, but leave it all behind. People who were selling and buying animals for sacrifice in the temple area. And the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth overturned the tables of the money changers who made profits Profit for exchanging foreign money for temple coinage. (laughs) 
and the seats of those who were selling doves, even looking so innocent, they were merchandising. They were greedy grasping. And they displeased Jesus in the life of a nation, of a church, of a people of God, with their lifestyles no longer pleased God. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise or household wares through the temple grounds using the temple area irreverently, disrespectively, disrespecting, well, with disrespect, treating the temple area with disrespect, it says in the commentaries in any event, as a shortcut. And he began to teach and to say to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you've made it a robber's den. There's an intensity with this word that I experience. And I really feel like Jeremiah, when he said these words, says, if I say I will not make mention of the Lord and not speak in his name anymore, it is as if there is a burning fire shut up, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I cannot contain it. For the hour is late and the hour is upon. Late to make right. Upon, yes, the hour is also upon. Judgment of the day of judgment coming from the Lord in the presence of the Lord. We need to wake up to this reality that the God who loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, came and manifested himself in the middle, middle of Israel, went to Jerusalem, offered himself as a sacrifice. We've just gone through the Passover festival. It's a solemn assembly in the house of the Lord at that time and forevermore the holy and the most sacred day of the year, the Passover feast. And the resurrection from the dead. Think about that. The grave is opened by the power of the Creator. The, the stone if you go to Jerusalem, you know that the archaeology tells me exactly, told me already a long time, where they actually found that stone. It's actually under the rubble at this point in time, about 25 feet down. But it's lying straight at the point of where you actually had the crucifixion of the Lord. Where the notice board was, Jesus of Nazareth. Yeshua HaNasaret. Yeshua HaNasaret. Vemelech. Hayudim, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jew, Vemelech of the Jews and of all the earth, and in particular the Jews who live in Jerusalem at the time. Yeshua Hanatzaret, Vemelech, the King of all. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. The grave is open. The stone is rolled away. And we are on a journey to Pentecost. 
to discover the anointing of authority and the authority of the anointing, which mankind badly needs right now. You see, you need a moment with God. I had my moments. They were like shattering, very shattering. I'm not talking about setbacks because you get a setback, you get a comeback too. I'm talking about a meeting with God where you get on your prayer and suddenly you pray in the study and you are busy on the prayer chair and around the prayer chair and I walk around in my study up and down and I bow on my knees and I serve God and the next moment I become aware of someone with me. Not because I'm saying so, because I'm just aware at that moment, becoming aware, here's a visitation happening to you and you fall down. And you begin to realize with exactly whom you are dealing with. And suddenly, the entire perspective of the world just opens up in front of you. You begin to see things you've never seen before. You look at the situation of Israel, the Temple Mount, and the stirring up on the Temple Mount, the riots taking place there. You go further north, you go to the merging of of the nations of the north and Syria and Russia going towards the Ukraine. And you see the hand of God moving all the way. You see how the nations of the world and the leaders of this world are like lame ducks. They got no direction. Nobody wants to take action. Nobody says nothing. Does anyone still tremble at the word of the Lord? Is there still a shaking in the land when God moves? When the Lord moves in on his temple, which temples you are. Let me read this. Second, First Corinthians 6, 20 just says, Do you not know that your body is a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit, a temple of the Holy Spirit again, who is within you, whom you have received as a gift of God, a gift from God himself, that you're not of your own property. You are bought with a price. You are actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your entire existence for you are holy. So then, honor and glorify God with your own body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In a moment, eternity unfolds. In a moment, an awareness with God that is so shaking, and then you begin to see. And what you see is what I said to what I just can't even talk about it. Because it's too holy. I can't talk about that. But with that comes a burden that I cannot describe. Jeremiah 1.12, because he watches over his word to perform it in our lives. So we go back again to Jerusalem. We look at what Jesus did there. Bible tells us and records that he actually went in the late previous afternoon 
because it was already late that day, looked around, and you would ask yourself the question, what did he see? Because they were closing down the day with their merchandising and their greedy grasping, forever seeking gold and glory and all of that stuff. That is not your silver or your gold cannot save you in the day of judgment. Case in point, full stop. I said this morning, there's a song called, When Jesus came into my life, when Jesus came into my life, what a shaking. In a moment, they came to Jerusalem and Jesus comes to us and he enters the temple, which is our bodies. And he began driving out with force, selling and buying, merchandising, overturning the tables of money changers, money changers who made a profit of exchanging foreign money for temple coinage and the seats of those were selling merchandising even as little as a dove. When Jesus came into my life, tonight there'll be a shaking. If you're scared, stay at home. Maybe watch at a safe distance. But it's time for revival in the house of God. How many of you say amen to that? Would you rise to your feet and give the Lord a praise offering? This is the time of the buildup of the feast of the Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for everybody. Give God a good praise offering. Come on, rise to your feet. There's no time to remain seated anymore. Christ is coming to His house, which temples you are. How many of you want the Spirit of God in your life? How many of you want to be serious with God right now? How many of you know that God still does miracles? Gideon says, where are the miracles that my father spoke about? We never saw them. I grew up in a... <laughs> you may take your seats, thank you. I grew up in a period of time, may stand right through also. I grew up in a period of time where there was placed in my hands... Winky Prattney, the book, and Revival. And then a whole publication of Otto Roberts University at the time on Signs and Wonders and Miracles. I still have those books, but only in a photostat form. All I could get are just photostats. I still have them on my rack. William Branham, Mary... Yeah, McPherson and uh, John Alexander Dowie. John G. Lake, Apostle of Africa, came to Cape Town, supernaturally, I tell you, planted the whole Pentecostal movement in this nation, proudly received in this nation. Now nobody knows about John G. Lake. He is a giant of the generals. He climbed the heights with God. And he came into this country and you pray for people, lays hands on them, just touch them. And he's, it's recorded, it's recorded in the Pentecostal history that he would put his hand on a growth on somebody's 
cancerous tumor on the side of the head and his fingers would sink in and burn into that thing and take his hand away and there'd be the hand mark sunken into that thing and it would drop off dead on the floor like that cancers, like the old Pentecostal said, that just dropped out. Leaving in a hurry. When God shows up, not even the man of God, when God shows up, not even the man of God with great power and with whatever the case may be and a reputation, no. When Jesus came into my life and he overturned everything concerning those who are doing merchandising. Now, you know what? <laughs> I was never planning this morning to talk about this, but I might as well do it again because the second service, the first service, fundamentally the same. If you can get it right and say the same things in the same period of time. But Maud and I lived a wonderful life, feathering our bed like anybody else does and preparing for the day of tomorrow that we might have something in the future. Never knowing how fragile it is, I thought back about that and thought, if I'd stuck on that road, where would I have been this day? There was a better way to follow. Now, I remember the night when she said to me, one of the biggest confrontations was to get baptized. It took nine months. Dr. Bassein of the AFM church says, young man, when you Young man, when are you going to be baptized? What's wrong with you? Dr. Bassein, Dr. Hannes Jonker, two lecturers, Stellenbosch University, they came across to the AFM Theological College. They said, young man, why are you rebellious? Why you get yourself baptized? I was baptized. Hardly came out of the baptismal pool, got filled with the Holy Spirit in that same time, in that period. Now the world turned upside down. There was this timidness. And, you know, in a, before being filled with the Holy Spirit, I would sit in the chairs like, I mean, you know, just people sitting at the back over there, just, or there at the back. And I'd hide because go to a prayer meeting, I just couldn't keep away from the place. I had a meeting with God. Maud said to me, she, she's really clever. She, she got it first from God and got filled with the Spirit first. So she said, okay, fine. You go now, Sunday morning. A man called Niku Bueta preached on turning the water into wine. And I repented. I don't know of what, but Jesus came into my life. Now, exactly what changed since Jesus came into my life? What's the difference then? What is the walk of one that did never receive Jesus into his life? And what is the one, and how do they manifest the kingdom power when Jesus comes into your life? Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Lord. Can you say Jesus is Lord? Well, the first test came soon after that, talking about the merchandising there, and he would make a decree and say, my house is a house of prayer. We get to that. But just quickly this. I mean, the biggest thing to me was this little budget. If you say this is a budget, this little budget, my budget. Man, I tell you what. Lord says to me, you better, better give a tithing now. I thought, no. 
not so. Mine, 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 mine. What's it with this wife of mine now? She goes to the bedroom. I think she's gone praying. And I was very well right in my thinking. And I'm sitting there and I'm as stubborn as a mule. And I say, no. There's my budget. Add it up and you find there's the budget. She comes out. She says, you got a tithe. Put it on the list. Put it on top of the list. I said, no. She goes away. I said, there goes my wife again. She never gives up. And then I look at that. I thought, okay. I put tithing number one. And I, suddenly everything falls in place. And it actually works. And so we never again look back. Yes, we had troubles. Yes, we had financial difficulties. Yes, we had shortages. But God, but God, but God, every time supplied in all of our needs. Would you rise up again and give the Lord one more praise offering? But God shall supply all of your needs, all of your needs, the total sum of your needs. Are you getting this? Are you listening? Are you praising God? Shout hallelujah. I want to tell you something, but take your seats right now. But we're going to get every form of <laughs> it's time. Let me go into Afrikaans for a moment if you bear with me with this, please. There's Afrikaans psalm that says, Loof om in die koor dans. As ek reg as ek dit sê, Chris, Loof om in die koor dans. Praise him in the dance. Now you know where I came from? We served the Lord like this. A good morning. Goeiemorgen. The man at the door. Welcome. And I stood there and I even became a deacon. I was deaking everywhere. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but God. One moment. Turned my budget upside down and I never looked back because of the glory of God and every word that is written in this book that came alive. And Jesus went into the temple and he said these words, my house. How many of you are of the household of God? It's the word in Greek called oikodobeo, same thing that goes on in Hebrew, but it speaks of a household like Joshua said, as for me and for my house, we shall serve the Lord. My house, which is the word oikos in the Greek side, in the New Testament, shall be called, the Lord Jesus said, the Lord Jesus said, a house of prayer. I say, welcome to the house of prayer for Pentecost and beyond 2022. If we are giving in in perspective, looking through Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 9, actually Daniel chapter 8 and 9, and then again Daniel chapter 11 and the book of Revelation chapter 1 through 3, and then of course Revelation chapter 4 and 5 and 6, and the rider of the white horse which is the Antichrist comes out and four horses of the apocalypse come and they manifest themselves, and people are walking around and saying, where is the promise of his calling? For since the fathers have passed, nothing has changed and everything remains just the same. Do you think the Lord has forgotten his own word? 
of promise. For one single second, do you think this book is like any other book? I present you with the living word that lives and abides forever. I can preach a nice sermon, but I don't have any sermon notes here. But he makes a decree, and he says it plainly for everybody. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Instantly, I think of my own household, everybody here representing a household, and I think the Lord comes into the household, and he wants to clean in his nose, forcefully it says. I can read it again. He came in and forcefully removed wrong values, wrong priorities. Say it again. Wrong value systems. Oh, you know, Pastor Harold, I think I'll go to church on Sunday. Yes, Sunday? Yeah, sure. You know, it's called the Shabbat in Hebrew. I just go, this is the day of the Lord. And this is the final hour. And we are the generation preparing for the arrival of the King of Glory when He manifests to take His church, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 and beyond. 2 Thessalonians tells you that we have not been reserved for the wrath. As is Romans chapter 12, chapter 5, I should say, verse 12. Actually, prior to verse 12, but from verse 10 talks again with very seriousness about these things that come on the earth at the time of it. I read the word that says in the last days, perilous times. Now, what does perilous times that shall come mean? Perilous times means times difficult to handle. But how do you handle perilous times? You handle the perilous times on your knees. I'm yet to find any problem in this life that I haven't resolved on my knees personally with God. Then you rise again, you have a moment, you have an encounter with God. You realize this book is the truth. You realize this book is so sacred that you first have to pray before you even touch it. And when you read, you give your full attention to it. And you listen to the Lord Jesus Christ when He says. And you listen to the apostles that acted in service of the King thereafter. And you listen to the letters of the apostle prayer and goes all the way into the book of Revelation when all things unfold. And you look at the situation up there in Europe, you see how the financial calamity and there's all kinds of problems and sicknesses and diseases on the face of the planet and it spreads in every direction. Now there's one, there's another one, there's another one, the plagues of the, of the time of the end. And one would ask yourself soberly the question, have I got time and my family, my household, to do a clean-up job, so to speak, and get rid of all kinds of greedy grasping, merchandising, sins? There's a scripture that I've got here, flee sexual immorality, and a whole list of all of those stuff. And you find yourself at once, in a moment, God transfers you at the end of time. And you say, Lord, I watch the people. I've been on holiday. Yes, been in Cape Town. Yes, waterfront. Yes, 
see the people just going there, meaningless shopping. They come in from Britain. They come, lots of planes that I see on, on the airport there, coming in from Britain. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, behold, I don't sense any presence of God. In this market of merchandising, yes, there is, there is a person that looks like he or she is saved. Some people wear little crosses as decoration there, like a little ornament or something. But I've always said, it, a cross is always a beautiful symbol, but it becomes the profound symbol if the cross is in the heart. If the hidden man of the heart has been crucified. You say to yourself, Lord, look at this. Behold, I go home with the children, and I get captured in a moment where time ceases. It's called in the Hebrew, actually in the Greek too, it's called ecstasis. It's a moment, a temporary cessation of time, of linear time as we know it. Linear time, you break it down to what you call the, the atomos. They have the atomo, and that is the atomic particle of time itself. If you had less time, it's no time. It does not exist. But there's linear time until we get to eternal God time. That's a totally new dimension and concept that you have to deal with. And in a moment like that, how long it takes, I cannot tell you today. But God is Let's just say this. you get a kind of a life speed wobble when you realize the reality of this book you've been dealing with for many years and comes alive in a new way. And you now look at Europe, you now look at Russia, you now look at China, and you now look at South and North Korea particularly, and you see how Russia is launching uh, missiles from their west to their east. It's a long-range country, and uh, they do tests with nuclear-capable nuclear ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, capable of carrying a nuclear head. And you see how in South, North Korea, actually, should I say, Kim Jong-il and those people are also launching two rockets into the sea. And you begin to think, you know, everything's going on. And man says, where's the promise of his coming? What's happening here? What's happening there? And, you know, I must make more money, and I'm a money, and I'm a money, money, money. And, I, and I'm saying, Lord, let the cross of Jesus surely work on the inside of me. For in you we live and move and have our being. You're all sufficient to us, sufficiency to us. We are accepted in the beloved. We are children of God. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. I would pray and I would say, I would declare unto the Lord that he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And you arrive on the shores of eternity and you realize that there is a life still lying ahead. And when the day came that you gave your life to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you started living actually, eternally. Because you were living temporally by the grace of God up to that moment. But the moment Jesus came into your life, that's when life eternal became life reality and your eyes are open. Would you just raise your hands right now? Everybody in this place say after me. I therefore decree.
with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and his lordship over my life. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. Now, Holy Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, fill me with your Spirit and all the evidence of the gifts of the Spirit operating in through my life also, in and through my life. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Now, everybody stand up and give the Lord a good praise offering in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we again raise our hands and we say, until tonight, we say these words. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Everybody say the house of God is the house of prayer. God bless you. I love you. See you.